This is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. This show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show this evening with a live fire take or topic, or you just want to know how to follow the show, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show, you can find at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. The longest friend of the show on record, if you go back and look over the history of the show, we talked about it a little last week, the long and involved history of this show. We're entering almost, it's either 15 or 16 years of live shows and then two years of pre-recorded traditional podcasts before that. This guy has been associated with every single second of it. You used to know him with the Barbecue Guru, but now he is his own brand ambassador, partnering with other companies, making his own very successful rubs and sauces, also branched into pizzas. All the fun stuff. We welcome back our pal Bob Trudnack and the Barbecue Central Show's guest Hall of Famer. Bob is going to be visiting those of you who will be down at the NBBQA annual conference in about three weeks from now out there in the Orlando, Florida area. He's going to be doing a cooking demo over the course of the weekend, but we'll also see what Bob will be up to during his time down there so you can have access to him. Also, we will talk about any new products that he has coming out. I'm hearing rumors that there might be some kind of new pizza dough that he has up his sleeve. So I don't know if he's able to talk about that. Bob Notorious making guest appearances and not being available to talk about certain things, but we'll ask him about it and see what he says. Also, we'll get some ideas of where he's seeing the live fire industry right now, the competition industry, and that'll close it out with Bob. And then after Bob, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and in 35 past... That brings a visit from the bristly barbecue journalist, Derek Riches. We missed him last month, but he is circled back in his normal spot here as we kick off January. And by the way, at the tail end of January almost, so 
We have the bonus week next Tuesday, and then we'll already be into February, if you can believe it. So for two years or so, I have been trying to get to the blue stake topic that Derek wrote about at the close of 2021. So now we're in the beginnings of 2023. So not two years yet, but geez, it's been well over a year. I've been meaning to get to it each and every time we have them on, but there are bigger and better topics to discuss, more timely topics to discuss. The challenge of doing the live show is sometimes you run into timely topics. In the last couple of years, it seems every week there are timely topics, so we got to cover them with Derek because he has a finger on the pulse of the industry. But tonight, I did make it a point to say blue steak to start, and then if there's any time left over in the segment, we will figure out what's happening, what's trending right now, and we'll give our thoughts on it as well. That'll close the first hour, then we'll move to the second hour. And as I had mentioned, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and in the second hour, that brings a visit from our very own embedded correspondence. Tonight we will be down a correspondent. John Solberg from Michigan is out recovering from a procedure that he had on Friday. We talked yesterday. Uh, I didn't think he sounded like the normal John. He agreed. I thought it would be better to rest the surgicalized areas for another month and hope that he's back on track here in February. Everything is good. I'm not going to get involved in the details. That's his story to tell if he wants to tell it. But it was going to sit him out here tonight, and we made that call about five or six hours ago. I told him, sleep on it, see what you feel like in the morning today, and then let me know in your final decision, which he did, and said, eh, I think I'll sit this one out just to be safe, which I certainly appreciate. However, the longest-running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding, is in, and, of course, the pitmaster of Salt City Barbecue and the Utah embedded correspondent, Rusty Monson, is in as, is in as well. So we have 100% assurity questions ready to rock and roll, and then we have a slew of topics that we are going to dive into and give our opinions on, not the least of which finally is what? The Beyond Meat Seared Steak Tips Review, which I know all of you have been eagerly waiting to hear about. So we hopefully don't disappoint in that regard. I have had them. I believe Doug has finally had them. I know John has had them. We'll see about Rusty. He had trouble finding them last month. But maybe he has had success because a bigger rollout has happened. We'll see how it goes. So we have Bob Trudnack coming up here shortly. Derek Riches after Bob. And then the embedded correspondence in the second hour. Don't forget you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show to watch, or you can watch on the YouTube page, which is slash RD Rempe, and there is a robust chat going on here right now. This week's poll, because I know this is a new thing sparking up that everybody's loving. At the tail end of the Jess Pryle segment from last week, we talked about, uh, we didn't talk about it, but she had mentioned glam bands, hair bands, warrant. I think she said we could do a crew off, that being Motley Crue. And then I got to thinking about that. I listened to that whole segment again on Thursday after it was released in podcast. That might be a contender for segment or segments of the year here in 2023. Certainly, the best segment that we've had so far in the year. Granted, we're only not even a month in. However, the Just Pryle segments were unbelievable as you go back and re-listen to them if you didn't get to see it live. But that got me thinking. 
I'm a big Motley Crue fan. I am not a. I am not. Andrew, you are not the. <laughs> I am not a huge hair band fan or glam band fan. So, here's the question of the week on YouTube, where it counts, but you can throw it up in the instant chat as well if you would like. I want to know. Do you consider Motley Crue to be a hairband, yes or no? And currently, 80% of you are saying, yes, Motley Crue is a hairband. I don't want to dig into it too deeply here, but I vehemently disagree. I think while they are in the glam and hairband era, their music is... Oof, I'm going to contradict myself. You know, one of the hallmarks of glam band hair band, did you sing a power ballad? Are you best known for the slow song in your catalog? Motley Crue has certainly done the power ballad, but I would argue that their best songs are not their slow songs. They're the heavy rock and roll songs. And because of that, on the strength of that, even though, they do have a qualifier, in my opinion, of hair band, glam band. I am not going to be putting them in. I disagree with all of you. They are not a hair band slash glam band, even though they are still in the time frame of when those were very popular. And they're still out touring. I heard Vince Neil is very fat and can hardly sing, but the other band members are very tight. Look, everybody appears to be in the same exact shape they were in the 80s, a little older, except for Vince Neal. What happened, Neal? Come on. Get with the Do Wellness program. Some feedback from the show last week. Chance in Oklahoma weighing in. I really enjoyed the segments with Jess Pryles from this past Tuesday show. However, if I may ask one question, at the end, when you were doing the music questions, it seems that she's a fan of Warrant and other hair bands. Is that even music? <laughs> Moreover, who doesn't like Nirvana? Weird. Love the show. Podcast only regards Chance. Chance, I don't disagree. Terrence in California. Greg, not a fan of Nirvana. I respect Jess's cooking and live fire knowledge, but obviously the music aspect is lacking in her life. Also, I'm pretty sure that Warrant doesn't even classify as real music. Thanks for the great show every week. Regards, Terrence in California. And finally, Jerry in Oklahoma. Greg, you, sir, are as wrong as it gets when it comes to Bloody Marys. They are the nectar of the gods. It's obvious that you haven't had a good one. A well-made bloody is executed with only a few garnishes, nothing like the monstrosities you talk about in your mindless diatribes. Jerry? Not mindless. Very mindful, but you might not agree with my diatribes. That's all right. We can agree to disagree and still be pals on this show. All right, Bob Trudnack will be coming up here shortly. Since 1991, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association has been the voice of the barbecue and grilling industry, helping members network and learn from proven professionals. New owner and leader, Cal Phelps, looks to take the history of the organization and move it to new heights in 2023 and beyond as they start with our NBBQA annual conference, which is currently open for registration. You can go to nbbqa.org. It's all right there on the main page to check out. Now, if you're somebody in the business of barbecue and grilling, 
and you are looking to stay on top of trends, market your business better, learn from the folks who have done it right and continue to evolve in the market that itself is ever-changing. Then, this is the conference you want to attend. Of course, it starts on Wednesday, February 15th. It goes through Saturday, February 18th. It's being held at the beautiful Wyndham Orlando Resort and Conference Center in celebration. Make your reservations now and then take advantage of being around the most successful people in the barbecue industry during those four days. Walk right up to a Mo Kaysan or a Bob Trutnack or a Dr. Barbecue or a Tuffy Stone. The list goes on. Ask them the questions you've always wanted to have them answer. You will be surprised at how approachable and open they are. And they want to help you succeed in the industry, yes. Once again, February 18th, sorry, 15th through the 18th in Orlando. Go to nbbqa.org for all the information, the lodging, the pricing. Don't miss out. And if you aren't a member yet, consider joining. Then have access to videos and other info that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. If you remember, if you miss something, you can get the video replay if you're not in personal attendance. nbbqa.org. That's nbbqa.org. And we'll be chasing Bob Trudnack down here in just a second. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase... That's C-O-O-K-I-N, pellets.com. You can also see what other cool products they have that might add a little smoky flavor to whatever it is you are cooking on those pellet-driven cookers. My first guest tonight, a highly accomplished pitmaster, photographer, businessman. Over the past year and change, there have been some pretty big changes in his live fire path, including a bunch of new products, a career change, and an alignment with some very impressive brands as well. Statistically speaking, no one has been around this show longer than this guy, and he's one of the best out there doing it, which is why he's also a Barbecue Central Show's guest. Hall of Famer, it is our pal Bob Trudnack joining us here on the Woo! show. What's All up, right, Bob? Greg? So this isn't a sports show, but the Eagles came out this past Saturday night and layeth the smacketh down on the Giants' candy asses, which Sal sets did. up a huge... A championship match between the 49ers and the Eagles, and I still have no idea how those two are even in the same division given they're on opposite sides of the country. <laughs> but notwithstanding that, in your estimation, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, yay or nay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? We're not afraid of the Niners. Yeah. Or Christian McCaffrey or some third-string quarterback who's stringing wins together, much like... <laughs> 
you know, whoever's winning Grammys these days that's acting. Here's the second question, Bob. Yes. Yes or no, because 86% of people voting on YouTube say yes, but don't let that swing your vote. Okay. Is Motley Crue classified, in your estimation, as a hair-slash-glam band? Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what I else take would you the, categorize them as? I, ta- I categorize them as a rock band that was unfortunately caught in a glam band time frame. And yes, while they do have the incredulous credential, the power ballad in their repertoire, yeah, I yeah. excuse that. I don't hold that against them. You know, Firehouse and Cinderella, White Snake. You know, those are yeah. hair band glam bands. But Molly Crew kicks ass, and yeah, they, they just happen to have a few power ba- a few power ballads. But I don't yeah. say glam band to them. All right. Well, now that you put it that way, I mean, I, I love Molly Crew. I get in my Challenger. First thing I put on is Molly Crew, ACDC. You know, I'm jamming out. Windows down, tires spinning, <laughs> rubber burning. Rubber burning. Middle fingers to the police as they're chasing Hell you down yeah. the interstate. Yeah, I mean, gangster, no doubt. All right, Bob, so... Wearing this bad boy. Look at, let me push in on that. Hey, now, yeah. look who's a Hall of Famer. I love Woo! it. That's great. You wear that around, or is it you just wearing it tonight? Well, I wear it for the show, and then, you know, if I go to the grocery store, go get beer, or get my hair cut or something like that. But other than that, no, not really. Yeah, any any of life's uh, mediocre to important <laughs> events, that thing is on your finger, yeah. which I certainly appreciate. So NBBQA's uh, national conference, annual conference is coming up middle of next month, so let's say three weeks away or so. And yeah. I've heard that you're going to be doing a cooking class. So give us a little insight on what you're going to be doing and if people have, A, already bought tickets or are at least considering it, what they would be able to view on your portion of the events. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Kel asked us, uh, asked Mo and I, actually, um, to cook, uh, do a demo on beef ribs and beef brisket. Uh, so one of us is going to take ribs, the other one will take brisket, and I think it's going to be, you know, about two hours. Uh, we're going to go through everything from choosing meats to trimming to seasoning, cooking procedures, what to do, what not to do, uh, and then some little tips and tricks on just how to raise it to the next level. Have you and Mo decided on which man is doing which protein yet, or is that a crapshoot right at the end? No, I mean we'll you know we'll decide you know a couple of days out. We we do them in our classes every time we go out together, so we kind of intertwine with our procedures and methods. And so depending it really on doesn't matter. depending on the class that I get you at, are you doing brisket sometimes and beef ribs like the next time, or are you? Do you is that program pretty set when it's the, the oh, Mo yeah. or the Bob and Mo smoke show? Is it always yeah. you doing X, Y, and Z and Mo always doing A, B, and C? Uh, well, typically, I start out the class. We our, our classes are from like 10 to 3, 10 to 4. And I'll start the class out with chicken because we're cooking live, right? So our, the big meats are cooking overnight, but we also have raw meats showing you exactly what to do through the whole process. So since chicken's a short cook, I'll start with that. Um, with the raw meats, I'll get it seasoned, I'll get it trimmed right in front of everybody, and then they go right on the smoker. Hmm. And then I'll move into pork ribs, and once I I have, um, I park cook pork ribs, so I'll do like a three-hour cook the night before, get them wrapped, 
get them cold, refrigerated, get them back on the smoker in the morning, and then I'll start some fresh ribs. So after all that, Mo usually runs into pork, brisket, and then either him and I switch back and forth between beef ribs. And you do have some upcoming classes uh, outside of the MBBQA thing that you have uh, already on the schedule, right? Absolutely, yeah. We have one in Sulphur Springs, Texas, March 25th, and one here in my hometown about a mile away in Lansdale at Mary Mead Farm, April 15th, and they're filling up. All right, so if you are interested in the uh, um, Bob and Mo Smoke Show, or maybe it's the Mo and Bob, I think it's Bob Barbecue and Mo show. Smoke Show, right? Yeah. Uh, Bob and sorry. Mo Barbecue I like Smoke Show. Can we change it, please? Is that like a WWF <laughs> wrestler? Yeah. Um, circling back to the MBBQA event here just for a second, have you been to the annual conference before in the past? Yeah, yeah. I used to go many, many years ago. Um, and then life got in the way, and then I started going again. I was down in Fort Worth last year. Uh, was a part of Meet the Masters and you know some demos and things like that, so that was a ton of fun. Great group of people. Mm. Yeah, I enjoy it. So if you're somebody that's in the industry, our industry, and you aren't a member yet, um, why would you want to become a member? And then I guess more importantly, because you don't have to be a member in order to go down to the annual conference. You could just you know register and, and pay your due sure. or pay your fee to get down there. Um, why would you want to be a member? And then why would you want to go to the event next month? Well, I think being a member uh, gives you access to all the newsletters, to the little tips and tricks you get throughout the year, gives you discounts on things. So there are plenty of benefits to that. But the actual conference itself, um, just you know, meeting people who've been in the industry, uh, getting one-on-one -on -one time with them, getting small group, asking questions. If you're going to uh, get into or you're already in the barbecue industry in any way, shape, or form, you're going to learn so much from everyone, and you're going to meet people in the same boat you are. And you just it's about making connections, networking, uh, and learning, and we all learn. Um, so it's worth every penny, in my opinion. Bob Trudnak joining us here on the show. Bob Trudnak, BBQ.com, his website, if you want to go and check out what he's up to, and, of course, all those great products. Only a couple days ago, because now you are a cooking machine. Every time I'm on Bob's <laughs> social media, whether it's through Facebook or Instagram, you're wielding high-end pizzas or you're doing some kind of live-fire uh, protein of some sort. The thing that caught my eye the other day was pickle pizza. So I'm a huge fan of the thin Neapolitan-style pies, traditional mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't mind getting outside the box. One of my favorite things ever is pickles in all forms and fashion. So tell me yeah. how I'm making a pickle pizza because that might be on the menu for this weekend. All right. Well, you know, I've seen it on TikTok and, you know, out there on social media. And I was always a little skeptical, and I didn't – I tried not to – jump on that bandwagon but one of my neighbors who lives up the street who comes down and watch the football games and you know we play a little golden tea whatever hang out he goes you got to make a pickle pizza i'm like a pickle pizza okay i've seen that before he and he showed me a picture of something he saw on the internet i said hey let's do it let's make a pickle pizza so i just so happened to be that night testing out my new pizza dough recipe um that i'm bringing to market so it was like one of my testing nights so I said, all right, go get a big jar of pickles, and we're going to slice them thin, and we're going to pat them dry, because you don't want too much moisture in your toppings on a pizza. It'll you know just run off and be watery. 
So we sliced them real thin on a mandolin. We did a dill pickle. Um, we did a white pizza. So we did like uh, mozzarella and some Parmesan. Um, what else did we do? Probably a little Asiago on there. A little olive oil, the Bobby T's pizza seasoning. Then we just laid all these thin pickles out. And we, we popped it in the oven because the weather's been terrible here. Um, and we did, uh, and it was fantastic. You know, we ended up finishing it with a little bit of uh, a drizzle of, um, uh, what the heck do you call that sauce? I don't know. It's a hot sauce. It's a hot sauce. I don't know the name of it. Um, sriracha? We did a little, no, it wasn't sriracha. I don't know. It was some, something my wife bought. And, um, and then we did a little ranch. You know, ranch goes with pickles, and we had a real nice crispy crust, and all those che- gooey cheeses and that thin pickle. It was very good. It was very good. So I recommend it to anybody. And I'll be doing it again. I'm, you know, I always, I do it once, and then I tweak it and I make it better every time. So who knows? What I'm going to add to it next. Maybe a little bacon. So I'll circle back to the dough here in a second, since it's something new that you're going to be bringing to market. That was going to be one of my questions as far as you know anything new that we're bringing here. I had heard rumblings there might be a dough, but uh, we'll follow up yeah. on that here in a second. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about is the pork tenderloin recipe that I saw you make. I've been a long-time proselytizer of pork tenderloin. I think it is widely overlooked. It is widely undervalued. It's tender. When it's cooked right, it, yeah. to me... If just on mouthfeel alone, if you cook the pork tenderloin right and you cook a filet mignon right, to me they have like the same tenderness, the same kind of mouthfeel. Not flavor, but those sure. uh, bite uh, resembles each other uh, quite a bit. So uh, how did you Absolutely. devise the pork tenderloin recipe? Um, well, I mean, there was a couple of pork tenderloin recipes I put out in the last uh, couple of weeks. But um, I, I like to use my chipotle garlic butter seasoning on pork tenderloin. It's a little bit coarse. Um, it's got those, you know, wonderful savory notes to it. It's got a little kick with the chipotle. And, you know, just grill it hot and fast. And what I like to do is I like to take it off when it hits 138 and let it rest. Mm-hmm. And I'll let it rest for 20 minutes. And it'll come up into the low 140s, maybe 145 after the rest. Um, and then And then slice it thin. And a couple of things I've done with it was uh, one of the things I just did a couple of weeks ago was I put a little um, smoked Gouda pimento cheese onto the, onto the medallion and then toothpicked it like almost like a taco and then hit it with a little bourbon sauce. Um, so that was like a little appetizer I did, and that came out fantastic. And this is just stuff that you're thinking of, like off the top of your head, oh, I, I'm going to... Uh, a bourbon sauce would be good like that. As, as I've said many times on the show, like I'm not the guy that can go into a grocery store without a list and just walk yeah. up and down the aisles and go, oh, yeah, this is going, this could go together. Um, I like recipes. I can follow recipes really good. Once I have the base down, then I can uh, feel myself a little bit more and start to make tweaks on my own. But, uh, you know, it's rare that I have that kind of creativity in a food sense. So is that something that just comes natural to you? Yeah, and it comes at the, like the worst times of day. Like it comes when I'm trying to sleep. It comes when you know my wife's talking to me about something important, and I'm like gazing off. She's like, "Hello, pay attention to me," and I'm like, "Oh wait, I just had a great recipe. Hold on, let me write that down." <laughs> so yeah, it, it happens all the time to me, and it's not only what flavors go well together; it's how they're presented. So it's important to me to come up with interesting presentations, ideas, another take on something traditional that 
is almost like a one bite or you know a small plate and that just brings a different um just a whole different look and feel to you know traditional dishes bob trudnack joining us here on the show bob trudnack bbq if you want to check out his website here so uh, let's talk about that though because one of my uh, longtime friends, contributors to the show, I'm, you know, Matt Frampton, uh, you know, works on Green Mountain Grills, got the Urban Slicer Pizza Works line yeah. of stuff. You know, his yeah. doughs have been uh, doing very well. And yeah. he seems to have gotten into that market when, you know, there was just a bunch of crap out there. And then right. he really elevated what was available, real easy to do. So now you have a dough that's coming out. Certainly you have a reputation and a certain expectation of having really good stuff out in the market as well with the sauces, the rubs, so you know what it takes. How do you put Thank this you. dough together, and how does it work? Um, well, you know, I respect, you know, these guys at Urban Slicer and what they're doing. I think they have wonderful products. And, uh, you know, for me it started with the pizza seasoning. That was a thing I wanted to do for years you know I grew up in a, with my gra Italian grandmother and mother in the kitchen you know cooking rolling meatballs making pizza making sauce making homemade pasta so it's been something that's been a part of my life since I was a little kid um, and you know it just comes naturally if I'm gonna start the you know keep working on the Bobby T's line the seasoning the sauce the next thing's the dough and I have a couple other ideas for products um, for me, it was just about, um, you know, taking the dough I've been making for years and, and saying, is this really a good dough, an all-purpose pizza dough that's easy to do and has really nice flavor? So I started to tweak. I spent the last year um, researching and developing pizza doughs and coming up with what I thought was the best overall Neapolitan-style pizza dough. Um, and that requires a certain yeast that I like, certain blend of flours, certain salts. You know, it's it's not rocket science. You know, it's there's, there's very few ingredients, but it's about what ingredients you're using together and the right blends. And then you can play with the hydration yourself. So I'm going to have recommendations for um, a same-day dough. So you can start your dough in the morning so you can cook and pizza that night. And also a 24-hour fermented dough, which gives you more flavor, more aroma, better texture. So that's going to be like the recommended if you have time to do the 24-hour. And then, again, I'm going to have recommended – you're just going to add water to this. So I'm going to have a recommendation for the water you need to add. But if you want to play with hydration to give you more or less hydration, that's on you. And uh, come up with your own creative stuff. So it's going to be fun. Any launch on that yet? No, not yet. I'm still. I mean, I still have another probably two weeks of testing. Hmm. So, I don't know, a month and a half. So we'll be on the lookout for that. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll Absolutely. see uh, how that works out. Uh, let us know when it comes out so we can uh, certainly uh, run out to wherever it's going to be. I'd assume it's going to be online first, uh, so maybe we can get our hands on there. A uh, couple minutes left here, Bob. I certainly appreciate the time. A couple weeks ago, uh, you take part in a barbecue competition um, that is inside. And yeah. I don't remember the last time I've seen a full-blown barbecue competition that's inside. It's out of the elements. Uh, I believe it's the, the Smokin' Brothers uh, put this yeah. thing together somehow. So yep. how, how are you approached about it? And what do you think about this 
concept. I'm sure it's not novel. I mean, it's novel that it actually happened. I'm sure a lot of people thought about moving this inside, especially in places like where we live when it's really effing cold out. It would be much easier to do a contest inside where it's warm. But what did you think about it? I was shocked and surprised at how well it went. Um, So when I first heard about it, it was from a guy named Bob Gonzalez. Um, He lives out in the Midwest, St. Louis area. Great guy. I saw him at Memphis in May. I've known him for years. And he was working with the Smoking Brothers guys to put this together. I think this is actually their third year doing it. And I really didn't know much about it until this summer um, when they explained it to me. And it was really neat. There were a lot of great components to this. So what they did was they had a SCA steak competition inside. I don't know if there were 15 or 20 steak competitors. Um, They had a 10-team barbecue competition where they cooked pork loin and chicken. Um, And then they had, which was what I was a part of, um, is the Heroes Cup. So they took uh, eight pitmasters, put those eight pitmasters together with a team of first responders or military teams to raise money for local charities. And we were there for, you know, support, help them with recipes, and kind of put this team together and get something going and raise money. And it was expertly executed. Um, we used the, the uh, Smokin' Brothers barbecue, the pellet grills. Uh, we used the Myron Mixon pellet grills. And it worked out great. I don't know if you can, I don't think you can do this with charcoal or wood-fired smokers, but you can certainly do it with mm. the pellet grills. And the way they had it set up in there with the exhaust, I mean, you saw a little smoke at the start, but it was clean breathing in there. It was a great event. Hmm. And it's all just getting sucked right out of the top through their exhaust yeah. vents or whatever they got on top of the stadium there? Absolutely. And I can see this happening in different parts of the well, country. I was, I was thoroughly taken with it. I was watching uh, Michael Mixon did a lot of uh, Instagram stories, uh, things on mm-hmm. through his social media and kind of walking through the whole event uh, so you could get it. And they did a good job in competition showing, you know, bringing you out to do a, a quick Facebook hit or an Instagram hit, some of the other talents that were there as well. So I was uh, completely taken with it. I've already reached out to them to have them come on the show, talk a little bit more about it. I had no idea that this might have been the third year in a row. I thought this was the first time, so I'm a little behind the curve there. But uh, in any event, appreciate the feedback there. Uh, We will be on the lookout for the dough and uh, for those that are trying to pick a team to root for this coming weekend. We are suggesting the Eagles to root for in the football sense. And of course, uh, for all things Bob, it's uh, Bob Trudman. Thank you, Greg. This is Bob Trudnack right there. I'm going to let you in on a little secret here in a little bit, so just stand by because I'm seeing some instant chat here going on, which I dig it. I'm going to let you in. I'm going to pull the curtain back. We thank Bob Trudnack for joining us. Again, the website, bobtrudnackbbq.com. It's week 28, if you can believe it. I know I can believe it. But because I'm doing it, but it's week 28 of the Do Wellness Program. What's the website, you ask? DavidLeans.com. And I I went outside the box on my own, and then I came clean to David on Monday. I said, hey, here's what I've been doing for the last two weeks. He knew. He could tell. 
and we circled back up, we conferenced, we talked about what I was doing, why I was doing it. I decided I would just go into a 16-hour fast, so I stopped eating at 8 o'clock at night, and then I wouldn't eat again until afternoon the next day. Get a workout in, do a fasted workout. Because you get on social media, you start seeing things, and, oh, maybe I'll try this. Uh, you know, I go on there for a lot of workouts and uh, different weightlifting techniques, this and that. But we discussed it a little bit more intimately and decided we're going to go back to the plan of execution that we had to put together in the first place. And that's the benefit of dealing with David. He's there to help you with plans, with meals, with workouts, and with support. And he's not going to tell you, no, don't do anything, or uh, I, I, it's my way or the highway. He's open to everything. He wants to hear what you're thinking, and then we evaluate. That's what you want. You don't want somebody that you're going to be paying 500 bucks a month for, and then what are you doing? You get a canned or a diet plan. You get one to two check-ins a month. No. Multiple times a week, I'm checking in with David to make sure that I'm on track. If I got any questions, if I'm out to eat and I don't know what I should be ordering, I'll send him a picture of the menu and he'll tell me. It's the best way to go. You want to make a change? Let's do it now. You're only 28 weeks behind me. That's not a lot. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's David Leans, L-E-A-N-S, DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up right now. And we are back with Derek Riches right after this. Sticker. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Bob Trudnack for joining us last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And don't forget about the Instant Read Me Thermometer and One Channel Fireboard, that being the Fireboard Spark. That's right. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to go to the hotline and welcome in one of the most, if not the most respected barbecue journalist in the biz. He is a Barbecue Central Show's guest Hall of Famer, so back-to-back on that one. And you can check out and read his site at DerekRiches.com. It is Derek Riches, and we welcome him back. Derek, I have to come clean because I'm seeing it in the instant chat. You're not aware of this. I had a terrible event happen about 36 hours ago, maybe 48 hours ago, that was going to provide me with no way to do a show here this evening, which is terrible in its own right, of course. And I didn't want to not provide a show. But what happened, you ask? I have. I think it has something to do with the fact that your lips don't match the words that are coming out of your mouth. This but you like, can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear it. it don't look. A, don't look at anything. Just hear me, and then uh, you know, like react to when the words stop. Okay, but it does kind of sound like you're in a box. Does it? A little bit. Stand by. Right, how about now? No, you're still in a box. That's okay, though. Do I sound like I'm in a box? No, you sound like normal. 
See, yeah, oh dear. Uh, Bob sounded fine. Yeah. Tell tell me. Do you hear this? Yeah. Are you scratching on cardboard? Mm, uh, no. Well, I was tapping my laptop computer. Oh. No, mm. I don't think it's picking up from there. Can you hear this? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I I'm, think that uh, mic's live. I think it's picking right, up. That's the right it's one. Just... That's the right one. That's the one I want. So yeah. here, here, ask me what the problem was. Let's go back and start again. So, yeah, so 36 hours ago, something traumatic happened to you that changed yeah, your life. Yeah, you know what, what happened? A cat pissed on my mixer. That's what happened. A cat pissed all over it. So what we have had is That's me. what that sounds like. Yes, what we have had is me deciding to go to my mixer last night to check uh, Bob Trudnack in a sound check. And as I'm gearing up, my mic isn't working. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? This is out of the ordinary. I haven't changed anything in 10 years because when it works, it works. And I don't fiddle around with that because I can get way over my head really quick. And I don't always have access to the official sound guy of the Barbecue Central show, Haniel Trisna, out of, out of Texas. So I started digging around and blah, blah, blah. Finally, I make my way down to the mixer. Well, lo and behold, at some point, not just then, there was a large amount of sticky, crystallizing cat piss. <laughs> <laughs> which shorted out all of the multi-jack slash XLR inputs as I undid my main mic XLR input into that mixer. It was black like it had arced a number of times. Uh, it didn't arc enough to kill the cat that was urinating on the mixer, unfortunately. No, the cat got away, but uh, quickly I realized that I had been sabotaged. And I immediately got on the phone with Sweetwater, which is my audio video supplier, and I said, I need a new mixer, like, right now. And they said, hey, even worse news, that mixer that you want isn't coming in until June. That's five months from now. So in order to – I was going to cancel the show. However, I did a little more digging and realized that the mixer was still showing up as a digital audio card. And I said, you know what? I got three guests on tonight. I can use the last guest line, and basically what I'm doing right now is I'm using my work laptop, I'm calling into the show, and I'm using an audio interface for this microphone to go through the work <laughs> laptop, just like you're connecting into the show, I'm connecting into line four, you're connecting into line three, and that's why the show sounds like ass tonight. I mean, it still sounds 500% better than any other barbecue podcast out there, even doing it like this, but that's why you might notice noise <laughs> and hissing and uh, the boxiness or whatever that you talked about because I don't have all the processing and uh -huh. uh, gates and compression and all this other stuff that I would normally have. This is just a live ER20 going into a digital interface and calling the show and I uh, didn't want to cancel it. I figured I'll give it a shot here, and uh, we could do a show like this. And, you know, lo and behold, aside from some lags, which is going to happen, uh, I, I mean, we're doing it, right? We're doing it live. We'll do it live. Well, I don't, I don't know what you did, but the lag's gone. I don't you were know actually either, properly lip-syncing at this point. Yeah, so You know what happens. So I, gotta, I do have a, a proper Ethernet cable going into the back. 
of the laptop. I'm not doing wireless, which I demand, you know, for me doing remote stuff. I figure this is a remote show in some form or fashion. Look, who cares about any of that horseshit? These are my problems. I didn't want one cat. I got four cats. I'm a miserable human being because I have four cats, and they're pissing all over the unfinished side of the basement, and I can't kill them. I mean, I'm a stuck man. I, I think the cats may not like you and are expressing that, maybe counseling. I guess. We're going to have to go to cat counseling? Cat counseling. It's I don't know thing. about that. Check it out. We'll have to look into it. We'll have to look into it. So, look... The agenda item for this evening has sat on my oh, right, list right. for no less 16 months, 17 months. <laughs> you brought it out uh, towards the tail end of 2021, and here we are in the beginnings of 2023. Although 2023 rapidly coming to a close, and no one can argue that. Blue steak. Now, I had a bit of a dust-up with Sam the Cooking Guy. I think we talked about this last time you were on. <clears throat> And he said something along the lines of if I had ever heard of a Pittsburgh steak, and we got into it where I thought he was questioning my knowledge of the live fire industry in general with such a question. And then that got me thinking after I saw the post on your DerekRiches.com website uh, calling it Blue Steak. Uh, So first things first, we'll talk about all the method and how to do it here over the next handful of minutes, but... Is it incorrect to interchangeably use Pittsburgh and blue? Um, okay, so my my read on this is this, is that the Pittsburgh steak or Pittsburgh blue is more a Midwestern designation. Now, up in Minneapolis, there's a restaurant called Pittsburgh blue, or at least there used to be a steak place up that way. And they kind of played on, you know, on that, combination of the terminology but you know out west or down south you don't get the pittsburgh you know moniker as much so blue steak i think is a bit more universal yeah broad, um, but still a lot term. of people don't know yeah more a little bit more broad term but basically you're just meaning you know crazy ass rare hmm. you know, so that's are you a fan of blue steak you write about it but are you a fan of it um I like a good blue steak, but I got to be in the mood and it's got to be the right steak. That's that. I mean, that's just my thing for it. There's a time there. There are just times it's like I get really kind of craving. It's like I want I want raw justified. And, and for me, blue steak is raw beef justified because, you know, what we all we're going to do here is we're going to take this and we're going to sear off the surface to make sure it's not contaminated too much. Mm. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It's like you literally kind of have to put a disclaimer with it. You know, it's like, you know, menus that say, you know, meats cooked below the recommended USDA guidelines. Well, we've wandered way past that territory here, you know warm in the middle at best sort of thing well but one of my f- questions was is it generally speaking is it safe to eat were you able to answer that question yeah it, it is safe to eat um you go to the store you, you know okay you, you go to a good store someone who's got a good reputation for providing decent beef um and you know that they're pretty clean you, then you're going to be safe to go. It's 
if there's going to be bacteria here, and it's typically going to be like E. coli, it's going to be on the surface. So as long as it's been kept cold, it's been kept safe, you're ready to go. All you need to do is flash fire that surface. You just need to hit that real hard. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that they that the Pittsburgh thing came along with it is Pittsburgh steel. It's kind of like mm. molten hot surface cooking, but just a flash of it. And so that that surface is cooked clean. You're safe. You're good to go. I mean, within reason. Nothing you do is safe. Can, I mean, can you go to the restaurant and order something like this? Like, well, if I go to, you know, St. Elmo in March, because I am, can I get a strip steak blue and, and they'll cook it okay? Or are they going to come out with a, a letter and make me sign it first? <laughs> um, as long as they know what they're doing, I, I would trust it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, don't go to a cheap steak joint and try and get a blue steak because they're not going to do it right and it's not going to be any good you know but yeah uh, a lot of restaurants will serve it that way i mean it's been a popular menu item you know in some areas at certain times it's kind of it's one of those things that kind of comes and goes over time i know it was really big it's like big in the 80s it was a very big thing <laughs> Yeah, don't look at me. I don't know why. And then it kind of came back around again, maybe five, six years ago, or, you know, I've seen a lot more people kind of asking about it, and it was kind of coming up a lot more. Hmm. Um, but it's just one of those sort of things. And, and sometimes I wonder, it's, it's, you know, people do it on a dare or a bet. But if you've got a really good cut of meat, and you got the right cut of meat for it, then and you want a good beef flavor then then you know a good blue steak is is is, is a wonderful thing all right so give us the tips uh, the best cut of beef uh, the best way to cook it and give us the finishing temp um you know filet is is kind of one of the most popular for this what you want is is a consistent cut of beef thick with moderate to low marbling you don't want excessive marbling because if you have a lot of marbling if you're getting you know like a i don't know an a you know super high expensive wagyu or kobe or you know sort of thing with it's just loaded with marbling that fat on the middle i mean it's warmed does that sound good you, it's like congealed it's a it's going to be a bit con it, it can be a little hard. It can be a little yeah. chunky. It can have a rice sort of texture to it. So relatively low marbling. So, you know, beef tenderloin is good for this. I like to get like a good two inch square cube. Hmm. Sear it to each surface as hot as I can go. Cast iron, you know, heated seven, 800 degrees. That's gonna be really good. Roll it over every surface. Make sure that all of the surface is done and then just take it off. You're not going to have a lot of carryover heat because you didn't put much heat into it to begin with. Um, if you go for, you know, if you get a big ribeye with a lot of fat in it, uh, you're going to end up trimming a lot of that away. So, I mean, my recommendation is is uh, something lean, um, good quality, and then just kiss that surface as hot as you can get it and let it go with that. Um, 
but you want that you know that caramelization on the surface but you also want to make sure that you're, you're basically sterilizing it that's what you're doing you're heat sterilizing yeah. the surface of it are you looking for a is there a target temp or is it just to get all the uh, exteriors done like pasteurized and then that's really all you're looking for um basically if if, if i was going to give give you a temperature i would say internal temp 84 right around wow. there 84 85 degrees because that's and that's what you're going to serve at that's what it's going to come out at serve at um i mean it's gonna it'll pick up a little bit really what what really the ideal blue steak the perfect blue steak is a big thick block heated in such a way as it just gently carries over to about body temperature by the time it's on your plate wow yeah, so it's it, it is a very carnivore sort of thing. I know a lot of people are like it's well below rare by the idea. <laughs> oh, it's way below rare. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's but that's just the thing of it. You know, that's what you're going for. Hmm. But you know, I mean, you can get you know like carpaccio, like you know, basically raw yeah, beef I, served I as an it. appetizer, I and, and I love that too. It's one of my favorite things. Um, if if you got no problem with that, if you, I mean, honestly, if you got no problem with sushi, what's what's the deal here? Hmm. The caramelization is going to give you a crusty surface. It's going to give you something interesting. It's going to give you some good flavor. But what you're going to get is a really good, nice beef flavor. And you know, sometimes, I mean, like I said, sometimes I just I crave that. It, that's that's what I want. I want I want that fresh flavor. We've we've finally done it after a year and change. We've covered the blue steak topic. Last question before I let you go, and the cat piss thing took up a bunch of time, and I apologize for that. But I had to let the cat no, no pun intended. I had to let the I had to pull the curtain back. Let's say it like that. Last question: Yes or no, Derek? And currently, eighty mm -hmm. percent of people on the YouTube chat are saying yes. Motley Crue should be considered a glam slash hairband. Yes or no? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. As a matter of fact, I would say one of one of the archetypes, one of the people who blazed the trail into glam hair band. Really? Oh, yeah. Right. So Derek, but you're is talking somebody agreeing with the majority. Yeah. A, a fan of them or the a, a fan I, of the music, the genre. I wasn't a big fan of. I well, I, I, look, I'm a hardcore punk. At that, when Molly Crew was big, I was listening to the Bad Brains and the and the dead kennedys and the violent mm. femmes and all of that sort of stuff so got it so yeah not a fan all right but you agree with the majority in the youtube chat derek says glam band hair band all the way for the motley crew derek always appreciate the time you can read derek over derekriches.com and we will see you hopefully with a whole new gear set uh come the lovers month of february and we will talk to you then yeah talk to you then all right, there he is, Derek Riches right there, DerekRiches.com, the website, and appreciate him struggling through some of the audio challenges, although I did see Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue says, Mike is sounding better. I don't know why that is. You know, now I'm really scared to go back and listen to the interview with Bob, because if it sounds like I was in a bathroom, I'm going to be really pissed off. But we will press on and go from here. 
What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks or other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo Cooker. So you're only limited by your imagination. We all know that the lift hinges here. We all know the top and bottom dampers. You got the Primo Grill rotisserie, the pizza accessory, a whole bunch of stuff to complete that experience. Sold through dealers. Find one near you. Primogrill.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. That's Primogrill.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. We thank Derek Riches for joining us last segment. DerekRiches.com. Tom Dickey writing in through the instant chat. Wow, just put my headphones on. Everything's perfect, but Greg is only coming out of the right ear. I know. Again. I'm a victim of cat piss. When I look at... Let me see here. What if I go to the channel? And then I go to this channel. Yeah, I mean, it's showing me... Stereo here. I know what you're saying, though, uh, Tom. So I apologize. When you come to listen on the podcast starting tomorrow, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. It is being recorded in stereo, and uh, it is linked up on both sides. But, uh, again, I know exactly what you're talking about. I apologize. It's cat pee all over the place, and... What can I tell you? I didn't want to cancel the show because I thought I had a workaround. And, uh, you know, we're dealing with... If you're not listening on headphones, I think... Or if you just have one ear in, you're either hearing me fine or you're not hearing me at all. Depending on what you think about that, maybe it's not a bad thing. All right, we thank Bob Trudnack for joining us. The first interview segment, BobTrudnackBBQ.com. And then Derek Riches backing him up, DerekRiches.com. Both of them. Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famers. They got plenty to get to here in the second hour, not the least of which is another version of me having to come clean about last week. However, it has nothing to do with cat piss or me trying to hijack audio. Okay? So, stick around. Refresh libations, and we're back for the second hour right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.